Through this door, past many friends of the FFA, we talk about tracking disease. We've got market information and so much more. Crew, you know the next part. Let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us as we ranch it up. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. And I'm Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. Beck. A big thank you to our Ranch It Up lineup, Westway Feed Products, Cattleman U and Cattleman U Live, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, the Mile City Buck and Horse Sale, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. We did a thing. We got off the place, and he wasn't dragging me to another bull sale. Amen. <laughs> we got off the place. But this was a lot of fun. We want to talk to you all about This was really cool. We had the opportunity to hang out with a bunch of wee ones, the coolest kids around. We did. We were able to emcee and help out with our local egg day. Brought to us by our friends from the Farm Bureau. So they had what you can imagine. They had cows and calves, and they had sheep and pigs and they did a fantastic job. They had a big tent put up. They even had somebody come in with their bees so kids learned where honey came from. The Beef Commission, a shout out to them. They were there providing easy tips and recipes. It was a great day overall. And I need to tip my hat to some more young people, some young adults really, because there were two FFA chapters that were there that were helping out. And these kids really helped out they big did. time. They did. The Mandan FFA chapter. Appreciate y'all for being there. And then the New Salem FFA chapter. Why do I have a smile on my face when I talk about the New Salem FFA chapter? That's just your alma mater, right? That is. That is. That is my FFA chapter. This is amazing. And this is why I wanted to visit with a few of the kids. The New Salem chapter is one of the most active chapters, not only in the region, but in the country. Okay, that's impressive. Very, very, I can very see why you're excited about this. But he, moreover, I'm excited because it's the cool thing now to be an FFA. It's that's the cool true. thing. That's true. I couldn't get over how many kids were there to help and volunteer. Yeah. And these kids, it's it didn't cool matter thing. if they were growing up, if they were raised in town or on farms or ranches, Absolutely. all hands on deck. Absolutely. And so I, I need to say, uh, I tell you what, we're tipping our hat to advisor Sean Faring who has done an amazing job in New Salem to grow this chapter. So I wanted to hear from just a, a few of their officer team that we had the opportunity just to visit with for a little bit, to take them off duty and talk with us about the how and the, and the why that they're involved with FFA, how they got into it and what they're thinking. So first is President Grace Olean. Well, I've always been a part of agriculture growing up, and I've heard about FFA and my advisor, Mr. Faring. Uh, he really pushed for it, and I wasn't super sure at first, but I've grown to love it, and I think it's a great part of my life that's definitely built a lot of leadership skills with me. So all the cl older classmen, they're really reaching out to the younger kids and getting them involved in this, and I think that all of them enjoyed it a lot. Um, being involved in a lot of competitions, like myself and all of my officers with me here, we're all super involved, and we love what we do. Notice that... Grace, in addition to all the kids, they talked about Mr. Faring. Yes, and I kept hearing regards, his name dropped all day. The highest regards and the utmost respect. This is Secretary Carrie Thompson. We have an amazing advisor, Mr. Faring. Um, he makes it a lot of fun for us. And then my officers also make it a lot of fun, and we have a great time together. What a lot of you know is that we have the president, the vice president, the secretary, treasurer, reporter, sentinel, Sometimes people forget that one, and the advisor is part of the officer team. But did you know, Ms. Rebecca, that there are three optional 
officer positions in the FFA. I did not. I didn't either, and I know just about everything <laughs> about everything. I had no idea. Especially when it comes to FFA. You and know a lot. I know everything. The parliamentarian. I did not know that that was an officer position. The historian. I did not know that that was an officer position. And then the chaplain. I did not know that <gasps> okay, that was that an Okay, that is really position. cool that they have a chaplain. And you know why they do? Because there are so many kids, as we said, that are involved that they have the opportunity to fill every position on their officer team. This is Chaplain John Wolf. We have enough kids in our chapter that we can get enough people willing to be officers that we can have those extra officers like Grace was talking about and just get more kids involved and we can have more people available to help work events like this. Thank you again to Grace, Carrie, John, Mr. Faring, the whole New Salem FFA chapter. In fact, all FFA chapter and all youth organizations. And this is what I wanted to bring up. And this is the important thing is Beck and I, we get tons of email and messages. People ask, how can I get involved? What can I do? Or that's a, that's a great story, Tigger, but we can't do that here or that can't be applied here. And, and we come back and say, oh, yeah, you just got to be creative of, of what you're doing. And here's where I'm going with this is it was wonderful for us to be with the wee ones, right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to visit with them, to show them where and how their food comes from and that it's local and all these sorts of things. But all of the moms and dads and all of the, the teachers that were there, they got to see those two FFA chapters being very professional and very courteous, got to see all of us volunteers, farmers, and ranchers and professionals all trying to help them and educate yes, the kids. Yes. I tell you what, that makes a difference when there is voting to be done on mm-hmm, different measures mm-hmm. and when we're, we're talking about weather anomalies and how they affect farmers and ranchers. So there is another way of how everybody can get involved a time or two in things going on right in your own community. Cow Country News, you know, the cow stuff. Wrapping up from the newsroom, recapping two hearings on the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act that were held at the end of April, first in the Senate Ag Committee and then in the hearing with the House of Representatives Ag Committee on allegations that the big four packers have been price fixing. During the House hearing, legislators heard testimony in reference to the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act and the Meat and Poultry Special Investigator Act of 2022. CEOs of the big four packers, Cargill, JBS, National Beef and Tyson Foods were available to be questioned during the House hearing. Chairman David Scott placed the four under oath and asked them direct questions about potential market manipulation, noting the four meatpacking companies are making record profits. The four companies reported $15 billion in profits last year. All four CEOs denied any wrongdoing, pointed to the cattle cycle, droughts, and also to COVID-related disruptions for the increase in the Packers' meat margins. Scott wasn't satisfied with those answers, offering data showing a trend in larger meat packer profits beginning in 2015 before COVID. He asked the CEOs to answer under oath, yes or no, to the question of whether there is or was an agreement between the four companies to cooperate together on issues impacting supply or pricing. Three of the four men answered no, while the fourth answered, not to my knowledge. Unfortunately, I think this is resulting in another stalemate. At least there's pressure that's being put on the big four, but still a stalemate, which is why we are uh, here coming up in the next few weeks. We're having a special three-part series hearing from NCBA, USCA, and RCAF. They each get the same amount of time telling us what needs to change in 
this cattle business in cattle marketing. What do we need to see going forward? Which, by the way, if you do have questions that you would like me to ask any of these organizations or a specific issue that you would like them to cover, fire me an email, and I will pass those along, of course, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. You can DM me and PM me and all that sort of thing via social media, and you can call and text 24-7-707-726-2420. Stick around, y'all. We've got a lot more of the Ranch It Up radio show. It's coming up right after this. We've talked about Cattlemen U before. It's for farmers, ranchers, and beef producers who are hungry for learning, community, and business development. Just head to CattlemanUlive.com to get your membership and use promo code RANCH for a 10% discount during the month of May. Tickets are on sale now for Cattlemen U Live this September 16th through the 18th in Grand Island, Nebraska. We will be there. Cattlemen U memberships and tickets on sale now through May 31st at CattlemanUlive.com. Spring has sprung, and I know you have everything going through your mind from calving to spring planting. Are we going to get enough rain? Are we going to have enough hay? I understand this. But remember, it's not too late to add Allied Genetic Resources genetics into your bull battery. Now, spring may be here, but bull buying season is far from over. There's still lots of Allied sales one can attend. Make a difference and add Allied Genetic Resources to your program. You'll be glad you did. We've had just about everything thrown at us, from blizzards to rainstorms to heat and the drought already. Makes it tough to be in the cow business. So make life a bit easier with liquid feed and tub supplements from Westway Feed Products, all designed to complement your forages. It's upcycling and efficiency. At Westway Feed Products, we create cow herd efficiency one lick at a time. Let's get it on! Cattle battle. By now, we have heard of the avian influenza or bird flu, and I know Beck has covered this in detail. Now, unfortunately, many farm flocks and operations have been completely eliminated in an attempt to control the spread of the disease, and this has caused all other species of domestic livestock producers to stop and take notice. Those of us in the beef business, this is no exception. In fact, it's not far from reality. The questions are always being raised. What would happen if something like that got into our cow herds? What would we do? How would we stop it? How would we trace it? How would we track it? Well, let's talk about that very thing, which is so very timely, disease traceability. Ken Griner joins us today. He is the past president of the Florida Cattlemen's Association and is currently chairman of the board for U.S. Cattle Trace. Ken, thanks so much for joining us. I want to start here in our conversation of RFID and, and readers and facilities and technology and, and putting tracking tags and cattle. Let's start here. Why are you so ardently passionate about the topic of disease traceability? Well, that's a softball, and that's an easy one, Tigger. I, I'm, I'm old. I got a lot of wrinkles and not much hair. And so when you, when you live through BSE, you know, that mm. kind of opened my eyes and exposed me and my pocketbook to you know, we could have problems here. But I was like everybody else. I kind of, we're geographically isolated a little bit here in the United States. So we think those things are not very close to us. But if you look at what's going on with the poultry mm -hmm. business, or you look at swine flu in the Western hemisphere for the first time in 40 years, you realize all, all of a sudden we're not that isolated and it's coming. So 
what really got me over the edge, we're all kind of coin operated, I figure. And, and when the Japanese market was willing to pay $70 a head premium for agent source, you know, we started doing that because I'm not real, real intelligent, not real quick, but I can tell the difference in 70 bucks and three bucks. Mm-hmm. And so we did that. And all of a sudden we realized how simple RFID was. And then by the time the, the premium went away, we, you know, we were so addicted to what it did for our management, getting away from that big chief tablet and number two pencil that we, we would have paid extra money, you know, to tag them. So then it, it upped and cranked up my passion for here we are. The most antiquated thing we've got in the industry is our animal disease traceability. And that, that to me, it's just, I can't let go of it. It drives me nuts. Let me just kind of address the elephant in the room, and let's let's attack this thing because I have had this conversation with several other people, and they have pushed back with me either via on social media or whatever the case is, and I'm glad that they did because they said, Ken, this is great and we support it, but who's going to pay for this? Is this going to be an expense that's going to come down to you and I as cow-calf producers that's going to get so darned expensive for us to try to implement said program? You know, that's a beautiful thing about what we do with U.S. Cattle Trace, our new program ticker, because I am a cow-calf, yeah, every day, all day. I see my checkbook. I don't need to pay for anything else. And that's what we're doing at, at U.S. Cattle Trace. And what is so nice and so, I, I guess it's rewarding for me as a cow-calf guy, you know, we've, we've built this program and we've taken those issues like cost. And every issue the producer has, and when we've addressed them, because we are producers, all this data is going to be managed and protected by producers. What we're doing with our budget is cow-calf producer, you can join U.S. Cattle Trace for 25 bucks. Well, for the packing industry, they're paying six-digit money. And the reason they're doing it is the same reason we, we believe in it. And it's what you referenced a while ago, we all know it's important. But, you know, all stuff runs downhill, right? Right. The cow-calf guy can't. It's not their responsibility. Uh, and we're even engaging the retail side this this year in our in our fight um, for cattle traceability, the Wendy's, Walmarts, and all. We're going to give everybody an opportunity who will suffer in a disease event to help pay for it. Now, with U.S. Cattle Trace, what we do is take that investment in U.S. Cattle Trace and we reinvest it in the producers and in the, the facilities that need readers, and that's that's our role. We're going to take the cost away from producers, and we're going to put tags in ears and readers in facilities, and we're going to take the money that we take in as a budget and reduce the cost of tags to the producer. So we're 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 letting the rest, the other segments, pay their part. So. Obviously, we've got to build that budget more and more, but already today you can go on our website, and as a member, you can get 20% discounts on any tag. And we got some real, really interesting things, but we understand that's our job. The producer, like me, who are too cheap, even though it's kind of like fire insurance on your house, you know, none of us believe our house is going to burn up mm-hmm. tomorrow, but, but we all got fire insurance. Right. The same thing. You know, we, this is what we're doing. We're not going to stop disease by putting a tag in its ear, but we can change the dynamics of being able to respond accurately and quickly and, and rapidly get and maybe just regionalize the problem. So 
we're excited about that. And like I said, we are we're CalCap guys. We got the same checkbook. Everybody else does. We know where the problems ba- are. Balance of zero, like all of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know this question gets thrown at you, and and I'm going to do the same the same thing, Mister Ken. Producers will say this is great, but I'm not comfortable having that information in a database. You've heard that many times. And I'm going to throw that question to you because there are producers that say, ah, gosh, Ken, I'm not comfortable having all of this information out there for someone to access. I I get it. Again, we're all a little bit, you know, I'm from the government. I'm here to help you. Nobody wants to hear that. You're going to run backwards like Michael Jackson. Um, <laughs> but the reality is we, we know that and we're producers and we only collect four points of data. That's the ID number, the date, time, the location. Because what we're creating is contact tracing. When your health officials got a problem, they got foot and mouth showing up in Florida. What mm-hmm. they want to know is where that animal's been. USDA, of course, wants a, more of a bookend, you know, approach to where it goes back to your prim-ID and, and birth. But I understand that reluctance. And we're not, that's not what we're after. We're just four points of data. Doesn't include anybody's name. It's just going to tell everywhere that animal's been and what other, you know, then it can be developed what animals it's been in contact with. Now, um, we're, we've got a disease matrix set up, and we're we're just not going to release that casually. We're going to protect right. it because we're producers. It's our own thing. So what has been the response thus far? It's been good. It's been really good. We've only been in existence a very short time, and we started with that same checkbook as producers always have. We didn't have any money, so... We built the infrastructure. The segments have responded. We've got, you know, a good budget, good support. And that's what we've been working on. Right now, we're hopefully going to be able to depend on the, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, NCBA, Farm Bureau. We need all, you know, Tigger. We need everybody to help understand and be our voice out there preaching the gospel of here's why we need to do this and here's how we're doing our part. But we want to be as conservative as we can because we feel like that budget is there to reinvest in those producers and in the facilities building the infrastructure. We've got to have the voice of the industry step up and say, hey, this is our chance to actually do something. We can do it, and we can do it as producers. Instead of waiting until we have a disease event and Big Brother saying, you got it, and that's how it's going to look. We got a chance to build something that's designed by producers for producers. The next step is a disease event, and we, it's going to be it's going to be too late. You know, regardless, anybody, everybody out there can, can participate in animal disease traceability today if they don't do anything but put a tag in an ear, a radio frequency identification tag. The rest will take care of itself. Ken Griner with U.S. Cattle Trace. I appreciate the time very, very much. Thank you, sir. Now to learn more and to ask questions, and I encourage you all to do so, just head to uscattletrace.org for contact information. Now up next, Kirk, the numbers and some last-minute nuggets of info when we come back. Every week we hear from one of our great partners with updates, info, schedules, reports, and everything in between when it comes to buying and selling livestock and hay online and private treaty. Livestockmarket.com on Facebook too. 
What is one of your favorite times of year and it's right around the corner? Easy, branding season. I love branding season. Crew, it doesn't matter if you're selling commercial heifer calves come fall or bulls next spring. Branding season is the time to take samples for genetic testing. Get enrolled in Igenity Branded or Igenity Beef. Add value to those feeder cattle. Add value to your breeding cattle through genetic evaluation tools from, you guessed it, Neogen. Cattlemen U is an educational platform that promotes growth, expert knowledge, and producer improvement for the cattle industry. Memberships are now open, so head to cattlemanulive.com and use promo code RANCH for a 10% discount. Tigger and Beck approved. Want to add just a little bit of spice to your event, your customer appreciation supper, your banquet, your meeting? Oh, yeah. Well, bring in us, Beck and I, as your keynote speakers, hosts, MCs, a host couple. We'll make them laugh, even cry tears of joy. Call us today. Crown Royal kickoff concert featuring Reckless Kelly at Mile City Bucking Horse Sale, May 19th. You don't want to miss this live concert with guests making in the motor cars. Go to buckinghorsesale.com to get your tickets. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Kirk Donsbach with StoneX Financial Incorporated. And Kirk and I were talking during the the commercial break, as we always kind of do when we visit. Okay, what are we going to talk about? What are we going to recap? Well, we're moving into, as we were visiting, we were, we're moving into breeding season, into branding season, planting season for a lot of people. So, Kirk, is when we have this report, which is what it is, which is no big reports, no big movements, maybe that's a good thing. I'd say it's definitely a good thing when you're trading Northern cash at 145 to 147, and there's no news about it changing. I, I think solid 145 to 47 is awful good news. Is all it's just all right. <laughs> so, what uh, do the rest of the numbers look like? Are they as nice? Are they as attractive per se? So, Tigger, as of Friday, May 6th, May feeders closed at 159.10. That's down 252 and a half on the week, with the CME feeder index trading 155.51 and talk about no news that's basically steady for gosh it seems like about six weeks in a row down 13 cents literally but we'll call that steady leaving our basis at a negative 404 against may feeder futures june live futures traded 132.65 that's down 30 cents on the week uh, i already mentioned the cash traded 140 to 41 in the south and 45 to 47 in the north that's steady with the five area average at 143.43 so if we compare that average against futures that leaves our basis at a positive ten dollars and sixty eight cents against june futures uh, just so our listeners know typically may cash carries about a five dollar premium to june futures choice box is closed at 254.44 that's down 634 and kind of an interesting note we've been talking packer levers for a long long time our listeners probably have noticed that our box prices have trended lower for about three weeks now kind of an estimate of packer profits are $150 a head, which is, which is a gosh awful plenty, but way less than the six, 700 bucks we were talking about before. So we got packer profits trending lower and cash holding steady. I think that's a clear indication that leverage is very much swinging back to the speed lot. To wrap this up, May corn traded 792. That's down 26 cents on the week. On uh, a note to listeners, we got a May 12th WASD report. That's a supply and demand report. It'll be interesting what the USDA comes out with corn supply. Kirk, before I say fairly well, we started our 
conversation and I was listing off a litany of these different major tasks. I'm just curious where you where you are at with your schedule in the calendar. Have you branded calves? Are you in the field? Uh, how is breeding season going? Or am I just kind of rubbing salt in the wound where you're saying, Tigger, I still got to do all this stuff? <laughs> well, I always have plenty to do, Tigger, as, as all ranchers do, I'm sure. But uh, last Sunday, we did brand some calves. Unfortunately, I have to meet with the DNRC lady to talk about a shallow well. Uh-oh. Our grass is looking fairly good now with the rains, but our drinking water is a very serious issue. Uh-oh. So that's the one problem we're, we're trying to resolve right now. Hey, it's Mark Van Zee with LivestockMarket.com and EquineMarket.com. I got a couple exciting things to update you guys on this week. First, the final results from our last online horse auction are in. So on May 4th, we sold 18 horses, all no reserve, on our online auction, and the sale went really well. Uh, highest selling horse was a barrel horse out of Bags, Wyoming, and that horse brought $15,600. That was the high earner. Um, top 20% of horses averaged 13550 and the all-horse average from top to bottom was $6,800, and this is for basically ranch broke horses. Next horse auction coming up is June 8th. Now coming up this Wednesday, May 18th, we have some cattle selling on the online auction that you're going to want to know about. 80 head of black and black baldy and a few Angus Plus fall-bred cows from Circle D Ranch down in Texas. Now, these girls are fancy. They're all three- to six-year-olds. They'll be preg-checked, revaccinated, and dewormed before they ship. They're broke into two 40-head lots, so it's your choice. You can take 40-head or you can take all 80. All these girls open up at just $100 a head, no reserve, and they will sell to the highest bidder. So check them out today on livestockmarket.com or auctiontime.com. Thanks, guys. You are literally... Online bidding as we speak, Archie. <laughs> yep. How did I know? Livestockmarket.com. Now that's going to wrap it up for today. A big thanks from our crew to yours. Ken Greiner with U.S. Cattle Trace. Kirk Donsbach for the recap. Mark Vanzi with Livestockmarket.com. And, of course, the online bidder herself, the Bosch Lady Beck. Thank you to the Ranch It Up lineup, Westway Feed Products, Cattlemen U and Cattlemen U Live, Neogen, Allied Genetic Resources, LivestockMarket.com, the Mile City Bucking Horse Sale, RFD TV, the Cowboy Channel, and Wrangler. So glad you all came with us one more time as we Ranch It Up. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show, our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com, and call and text us 24-7 at 707-726-24. To O, spread the good word and join us again next time where it's always Tigger approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up.